The CDC records cancer as the second leading cause of death in America, according to 2019 data. Now, although cancer is a very prevalent disease and a killer disease, it is actually a very preventable disease. And we even see it with, with animals. Animals in the wild do not get cancer, but those same animals in captivity, when forced a, a, a standardized you know, diet that is devoid of you know, the kind of foods that they would eat in the wild, they get cancer. And even people who, you know, cultures, uh, Dr. Weston A. Price, one of the pioneers of the holistic health movement, he, um, he traveled around the world and he, and he researched different communities of people, indigenous peoples, and he saw that these indigenous peoples did not have the kinds of diseases that we have in the Western modernized world. They didn't have cancer, heart disease, diabetes, etc. But when they did start adopting a Western diet and a more modernized way of living, then they started de developing the diseases that we have, such as cancer. So in this lesson, I'd like to talk to you just a little bit about this, about this subject. I'd like to share with you a few herbs and supplements that have been used powerfully and successfully, not only by my students, but by the students of my teachers in holistic health and healing all around the world. And I'd also like to um, talk about some diet and mindset um, approaches that one can take in order to successfully battle with cancer. At Ruka.com, the Holistic Life Academy, we train people how to become holistic healers. And one of the experts whose work we study at Ruka.com is neurosurgeon Dr. Russell Blaylock. And he had this to say in regards to cancer. He said, in the age of science, most non-scientists believe that experts know almost everything there is to know, minus a few details, but nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, we understand relatively little about our existence, for human beings are the most complex creations in the universe, far beyond anything in our own comprehension. And likewise, most people feel that their doctors know virtually everything there is to know about diseases and how the human body works. And he's, but he says, I can assure you that this is not the case. And a truly honest physician would readily admit as much. And that's why we have doctors and nurses and medical technicians and other health professionals studying with us at aruka.com because they admit they will, these are the, the doctors that will be honest and admit how little they actually do know, do know. Now there are more than a hundred types of cancer, but they share a common characteristic. Unlike normal cells, which divide only a set number of times, cancer cells just keep dividing. And ultimately this creates a mass of cells that we call a tumor. Now cancer cells on the edges of the tumor can then invade surrounding healthy tissues, including the circulatory system and can be carried to other parts of the body. And this spreading of cancer we call metastasis. And this is what makes it deadly. Localized cancers can usually be eliminated with surgery, but once a cancer spreads, only 5% to 10% can be controlled. Now, even though it is eliminated by surgery, it's cut out, you know, it can be cut out, destroyed um, through uh, radiation. Um, that doesn't mean that you have actually truly cured yourself of cancer because you are not addressing what caused the cancer in the first place. And you know, what the medical establishment considers cured is only a very 
surface level type of healing. It's just cutting it off. It's like, it's almost, you know, it's like, it's like as if, you know, you have this, this uh, cancer on your hand, for example, and you cut off the hand and you say, oh, I'm cured of cancer because I don't have cancer anymore because I cut it off. Well, sure, you cut it off, but you also cut off your hand. And not only that, you have not addressed the issue of why that cancer came in the first place. And that sounds like a ridiculous example, but that's, it's very actually spot on, especially when it comes to uh, breast cancer. You know, oftentimes when, when a woman gets breast cancer, they'll just cut her whole breast off. And sometimes they'll even do it, quote unquote, proactively. And even if the cancer has not appeared yet, just because they have a chance of cancer, of getting cancer because of their family history, like Angel Angelina Jolie, they'll cut her breast. They cut her breast off ahead of time, even before she got cancer, which is absolutely ridiculous and such terrible med medical practice. Okay, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, sure, you may have it in your quote unquote genes to develop cancer, but that's only, you know, it, it's probably in your family because your family has a history of very bad habits. And even though your, your genes, you know, predispose you to certain types of diseases and illnesses, it's your diet and lifestyle that pulls that trigger. Okay, so um, once a cancer spreads, only 5% to 10% can be controlled. And the stages of cancer are based on the degree of spread. Stage zero is a localized growth or tumor, which may or may not become full-blown cancer. And stage one is a localized cancerous growth that may be removed by surgery. And stages two and three are cancers that have invaded surrounding tissues to different degrees. Stage four is a cancer that has metastasized, meaning spread to distant parts of the body. So I'd like to share with you exactly the things that I would begin to do if I found out that I had cancer. I'd like to share with you the herbs and supplements that I would start taking, what kind of diet I would begin trying, as well as what kind of mindset um, issues I would try to work through and look at within myself. And before I begin with that, I just um, want to let everyone know that I, if you like the references and the resources for the, for the lesson that I'm sharing today, um, instead of giving you a URL, I'm just going to ask you to email me and my email address is maim at aruka.com. That's M-A-Y-I-M at A-R-U-K-A-H dot com. M-A-Y-I-M at aruka.com. A-R-U-K-A-H dot com. And on the subject, just put um, cancer resources. Okay. And then you can, you can write a message as well too, but send it to that email and make the subject um, just say cancer resources, and I'll email you um, the document where I have all the resources listed. Now, the first supplement that I'd like to talk about is vitamin B17, aka Latrell, aka apricot kernels. <laughs> okay. Now, I, I have um, a lot of stories that I could say about this. Um, personally with, you know, people who, whom I've helped. Um, but I'd like to start off with a story um, from a man named Edward G. Griffin, who wrote a famous book called World Without Cancer. And my students at Ruka.com study this when they study um, about cancer. So there's a lot of testimonies in his book about B17, but I just like to share with you this one very interesting one. And it's about um, a man named William Sykes of Tampa, Florida, who developed 
uh, lymphocytic leukemia plus cancer of the spleen and liver. Now, after removal of his spleen, he was told by his doctors that he had, at best, only a few more months to live. Now, although chemotherapy was recommended, I, it's, it's a really ridiculous idea. If, if you know that you only have, or if you're told, no, when a doctor tells you that you only have a few more months to live, he doesn't really know. He doesn't know the future. What he means is that typically someone who is in, you know, that similar situation will only live for a few more months. But that is considering that you will do pretty much what the doctor <laughs> will think that you're going to do. And uh, most doctors don't think that you're going to take a holistic approach because they'll even warn against it. But anyways, so they re recommended him to take chemotherapy, not as a cure, but merely to try to delay death a few more weeks. I still think it's a ridiculous idea because chemotherapy really just kills your immune system and makes you miserable afterwards. Why would you, I would want to, if I, if it was true that I only had a few more months to live, I'd rather do it with as much energy and strength and vigor as I had left. Not, you know, chemotherapy really doesn't, it doesn't, even though they say it, you know, even if they say it's a success, all that really means is that it's succeeded to kill the cancer cells. It doesn't mean that it has succeeded to truly heal you or even give you longer length of life or even a better quality of life. In fact, statistically, people who are quote unquote successfully treated with chemotherapy have a shorter lifespan than if they had not been treated with chemotherapy. So think about that. What the medical establishment considers a success is not true success if anyone really understood what their success really meant. Okay, so this man, Mr. Sykes, chose Latrell or B17 instead of the chemotherapy. And in his own words, this is what happened. He said when he saw the doctor a few weeks later, he explained how and why Latrell was helping many cancer patients and suggested I have intravenous shots of 30 cc's of Latrell daily for the next three weeks. He also gave me enzymes and a diet to follow along with food supplements. In a few days, I was feeling better, but on our third visit, the doctor said that he could no longer treat me. He had been told that his license would be revoked if he continued to use Latrell. And he showed my wife how to administer the Latrell sold us what he had and gave us an address where more could be obtained. The next week, I continued on the program and was feeling better each day. One afternoon, the doctor from Ann Arbor called to ask why I had not returned from the chemotherapy. He said I was playing Russian roulette with my life, which is ridiculous because he's the same doctor that said he's only had a few months to live anyways, so <laughs> what's the difference? So he finally persuaded me to return for chemotherapy, so I went to Ann Arbor and started the treatments. Each day I felt worse. My eyes burned, my stomach felt like it was on fire. In just a few days, I was so weak, I could hardly get out of bed. The cure, quote unquote, was killing me faster than the disease. I couldn't take it any longer, so I stopped the chemotherapy, returned to my supply of Latrell, and food supplements and quickly started feeling better. It took longer this time as I was fighting the effects of the chemotherapy as well as the cancer. And folks, this is not just the testimony of one man. This is the testimony of many people, thousands of people, maybe hundreds of thousands of people all around the world who have experimented both with Latrell, and also conventional methods such as chemotherapy and radiation. So he goes on to say, in a short time, I could again do all my push-ups and exercises without tiring. Now, at 75 years of age, 
which is 20 years after they said I had only a few more months to live. I still play racquetball twice a week. Now, the author, Edward G. Griffin, later wrote, because this man had contacted him again later, he said, he wrote, after Bill had conquered cancer, a doctor came to him one day. This was an MD who gave chemotherapy in a well-known hospital. And he wanted to know how Bill had conquered his cancer because his wife was quite ill with cancer. And Bill said, why don't you give her chemotherapy? And his answer was, I would never give chemotherapy to any of my friends or family. And he was not the only doctor who came to Bill with the same exact question. And I know medical doctors as well who, you know, they were, you know, they were medical doctors working with cancer patients or nurses working with cancer patients. But when, when it came time for either themselves or their family members to, to deal with cancer, they, they knew, you know, they knew the effects of chemotherapy and radiation and all those conventional treatments. And they were like, no, (laughs) to me, it's like, I, I don't even understand why all these medical professionals would go along with all of this for so long. It's, it's just so hypocritical that they wait for so long, even though, you know, deep in their heart, they know that it's wrong because when it comes to someone close to them, they finally, you know, they finally admit all of a sudden that it is not the right way. And, um, well, that's the story of, you know, people, doctors that I know as well. Some of them, they, you know, they do it in ignorance, but not the ones that work very closely with cancer patients. I have um, one friend who is a nurse practitioner, and she later became holistic. And she um, saw a lot of uh, cancer patients in her work. And then one day she was, uh, she, she was injured and um, by, by toxins in her hospital that she was working at. That's largely why she turned holistic. But she would definitely, now that because she is holistic, she would definitely not do any of the chemotherapy or radiation that um, she worked with while she was in the hospital setting. Now, in the testimony that I just read to you, um, this man took intravenous Latrell or vitamin B17, and this may be necessary for the advanced stages of cancer, but it's also very hard to come by. But um, there are, you know, there are other ways. Um, I, I know there's one, one of my students, he had actually an uncle, a relative, who was diagnosed with prostate cancer. And he went to the doctor and the doctor gave him some kind of medication. And the doctor did not warn him about the side effects that it would cause. And had he known, he would have never taken it, but he didn't know. And what happened is it caused him to start growing breasts, breasts, like female breasts. And um, he was furious when he found out what that medication was doing and he went back to the doctor and just gave him a piece of his mind. He was very upset, very angry. And um, he came across Latrell, vitamin B17, and, you know, information on it. And so what this man did was he uh, started fasting on carrot juice, organic carrot juice, and apricot kernels. And so he ate nothing but that. I think he would blend it together. The carrot, he, he, he would make, or his family would make him uh, fresh organic carrot juice and blend it with apricot kernels. And he would just do that for um, some time. Um, and he healed himself of prostate cancer using that method. Um, I also have um, 
one uh, student who's a medical doctor and she has tried many things for cancer, but, she, and, and a lot of different things have helped her, but she feels like one of the um, major things that has made a difference is consuming apricot kernels. So that is a very good source. It's an excellent source of Latrell or vitamin B17 is apricot kernels. And so she just buys uh, raw organic apricot kernels and eats them regularly. And we also do that in my family. None of us have been diagnosed with cancer, but it's it's just a very healthy thing and a good preventative thing to do. Um, if, you know, it's just a healthy thing to have in your diet to, to eat apricot kernels um, once in a while. Now, apricot kernels have a very bitter taste, which I personally like. Some people, you know, they're not used to bitter. I think because I'm Filipino, we kind of like the bitter taste in my culture. So I can eat them straight, you know, raw. Um, but, you know, for my children, we blend it up in smoothies, so they, they can't even tell that it's there. You know, it's, um, it's just a, you know, a little bit, of, you know, per smoothie. So that's, that's the first thing I would do is I would take start taking consuming lots and lots of raw organic apricot kernels whether you know eating them straight from the bag which I sometimes do anyways or blending them up in some um, raw fruit smoothies or or with juice now the second thing that I would do is I would start juicing not just carrot juice and not just with apricot kernels, but all kinds of uh, vegetable juices. Now, there's a very, very famous um, cancer holistic cancer treatment and and center. They have a, they have facilities in South America. <clears throat> it's called the Gerson or the Gerson therapy or the Ger and the Gerson Institute. And there are books on the subject that you can. I read and they have um, also audible versions so you can listen to um, the book if, if you're busy um, about Dr. Gerson's famous cancer therapy and it, it involves mostly um, or a large part juicing fresh raw organic vegetables and drinking them and then he also has a diet protocol but I would say the most important part of his protocol is the raw, fresh organic juicing, plus eating lots of raw organic uh, foods. Okay, and this is uh, something that many holistic healers, uh, it, it's part of their healing protocol for cancer, but also other types of um, deadly diseases because most uh, most diseases are are largely nutritional and metabolic in nature and flooding your body with uh, an abundance of nutrients through juicing organic and enzymes are also should be raw because then you're also getting the enzymes from those raw fruits and vegetables but flooding your body with these nutrients is giving your body the nutrients the, the support that it needs to heal itself. So our bodies are really self-healing. They just sometimes don't have the raw, materi raw materials that they need in order to, to heal themselves. Just like when a plant is sick or dying, you know, um, usually you can, you can solve that problem by just giving the, the plant proper water or sunshine or fertilizer. And it's the same thing. With human beings a little bit more complex but fundamentally the same so i would i would do the apricot kernels and i would do the juicing um, of raw organic fruits and vegetables and eat lots of raw foods as well another thing that i would do is i would take a special tea called essaic now, again, I just wanted to remind everyone, I, I can give you the link to a free version of Edward G. Griffin's book, World Without Cancer, that talks all about the vitamin B17. And um, it's available for free online. Just email me, 
at mymataruka.com and uh, in the subject put uh, cancer resources, right? And I can also give you the link to um, the Gerson therapy books. Um, those are not free, but um, I can just give you the links to that. And um, the other thing that I could give you a free re resource to is um, the resources for this herbal tea formula that I'm about to share um, called Isaic. <clears throat> and this formula was um, is actually named after a nurse whose name was Renee Case. And Isaac um, is Case spelled backwards. So um, it's Isaac is E-S-S-I-A-C, and her last name is C-A-I-S-S-E. It, it was named um, after her. Now, um, and again, I'll give you the exact uh, formula and the proportions if you email me. But I'd just like to share a little bit about her story. Now, Renee Case was uh, the head nurse at the Sisters of Province Hospital in northern Ontario, Canada. And she saw an elderly lady being bathed and noticed that one breast was just a mass of scar tissue. And this lady told her that years before she developed cancer and an Indian, a Native American, told her to make a tea out of certain herbs and drink it. And she wrote down the four herbs. It was burdock root, slippery elm inner bark, sheep sorrel, and Indian rhubarb root. Okay, so, and again, I can give you the exact proportions if you email me. But this was an Ojibwe form, herbal formula. That's the name of the Native American tribe. I'm probably not pronouncing it right, but <laughs> I tried. Ojibwe herbal formula. And she later called it Isiak um, after her last name. And she then started to treat cancer patients. And various medical doctors sent her their cancer patients, and eight of them signed a petition to the Tar Department of Nas National Health and Welfare in Canada, in Ottawa, Ontario, capital of Canada, asking that she be given facilities to do independent research of her discovery. Now, Dr. Banting of Insulin fame advised her to make application to the University of Toronto for facilities to do deeper research. He even offered to share his laboratory in the Banting Institute and work with her. He said, Miss Case, I will not say you have a cure, you, you have a cure for cancer, but you have more evidence of a beneficial treatment for cancer than anyone in the world. That's what he told her. For almost eight years, she conducted an open clinic in Bracebridge, Ontario, and administered ASIAC injections for cancer to hundreds of patients each week who came to her with a written diagnosis from their doctors. During this time, many doctors, surgeons, and scientists visited the clinic, read case histories, and examined patients. In 1959, so this was a long time ago, Ralph Day, vice president and editorial director of Fawcett Publications in New York, introduced Renee to doctors at the Brush Medical Center in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And there, under the supervision of 18 doctors, she began a series of treatments on terminal cancer patients and laboratory mice. And in 1937, Dr. John Wolfer, then director of the Cancer Clinic at Northern University Medical School, arranged for Renee Case to treat 30 animal, uh, ter term terminal, not animal, humans, <laughs> 30 terminal cancer patients under the supervision of five doctors, and after 18 months, the doctors concluded that ASEAC had relieved pain, shrunk tumors, and improved the survival odds of these patients. Now, the story doesn't end well. Um, it's a sad story. She was actually shut down by the government, <laughs> Big Pharma, because they don't actually like people being cured of cancer because then they can't get your money <laughs> with their expensive poisons that don't actually cure cancer. Um, but um, we have her formula and we have her legacy and her memory 
and the testimony of, of, of many, many people who it has helped. Now, I'm really a big fan of herbal teas, being an herbalist. But another reason why I really like herbal teas is because it's a very ancient healing <clears throat> method, and it's very accessible to everyone, even if they don't have a juicer or even electricity. You can just boil a pot of water and um, steep some herbs. It's very accessible. And um, it's very similar to juicing because you are still extracting, um, you know, these healing properties from the plants. Um, uh, and it's, you know, they're different types of plants. And you can be, you know, you don't, they don't have to be fresh. I mean, they shouldn't be too old, but, um, but you can still use them. And they're still very powerful. So I would do th this tea formula as well. And again, she, she did uh, do things intravenously, but, um, you know, orally, even though it's not as strong, it can still be very effective, especially if you're fasting um, on nothing but these healing herbs and foods. Okay, now another um, supplement that I like to share is uh, flaxseed. Now, this is actually something that is part of the Budwig Protocol. And the Budwig protocol consists of cottage cheese and flax. And, you know, I, I do know people who have healed themselves through this protocol. However, I also know that, you know, a lot, a lot of people, including myself, uh, I, I, love, I love cottage cheese. I can't have too much of it um, because of my uh, liver and gallbladder. Uh, you know, I've done liver flushes and gall, gall, you know, gall, gallbladder flushes. Um, for gallstones and they worked and you know they helped me to avoid surgery but I also know that if I eat too much um, of these kinds of foods cheeses um, and you know creams and cottage cheese and stuff I even though I love those kinds of foods it will cause me to have liver and gallbladder pain again so but you can still do the flaxseed now um, flaxseed whole lignans is what uh, Russell Blaylock recommends. Uh, lignans are a therapeutic component of flaxseed, and bacteria in the colon convert compounds in the seed into powerful inhibitors of cancer. Now, um, Dr. Blaylock recommends flax hull lignans made by a company called Progressive Labs. And he recommends to take one to two tablespoons of flax whole lignans once or twice daily. And each dose contains 1.5 grams of lignans. And the powder can be added to a blenderized vegetable drink, a smoothie, vegetable or fruit smoothie, um, mixed with water or juice. Now, he also recommends probiotic probiotics. Uh, probiotic organisms in the colon play an important role in overall immunity and in protecting um, people from cancer and other types of illnesses. And these friendly bacteria break down estrogen that is secreted by the liver into the colon and can reduce levels of harmful byproducts, um, especially for breast cancer. Probiotics also improve the effectiveness of protective substances in flaxseed. Now it's good to take a broad spectrum probiotic with a combination of beneficial bacteria and a prebiotic, which will provide food for, for the beneficial organisms. The probiotic should contain 20 billion CFU at least. We don't, in my family, we will take nothing that doesn't have at least 50 billion um, CFU of multiple strains of bifidobacteria and lactobacillus and galacto-oligosaccharides as a prebiotic. Um, you can take the prebiotic at least once or twice a week. And if you take a course of antibiotics, it's especially important to take um, two capsules twice a day until the antibiotic is stopped and then return to a lower dose. So if you take antibiotics, they will kill off the good probiotics in your gut. So it's extra important to take probiotics after a course of antibiotics. So the probiotics are good for you know, breast cancer, colon cancer, and just overall immune health. 
and they make um, they increase the affected the effectiveness of the flaxseed. Other things he recommends are quercetin, DHA or fish oil, curcumin, um, apigenin and naringenin, um, luteolin. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, silymarin, indole-3-carbonyl, protease, enzymes, and vitamin D3. I think that's a very important one. Vitamin D3, um, the best source of vitamin D is if you go out in the sun and absorb it as much as you can before, you know, bef before uh, the level that you would get sunburned. You know, you don't want to get sunburned, but... Um, as much as you can tolerate before getting a sunburn is would be the optimal way to get vitamin D3. Um, also by by salin, berberine, um, and for colon cancer, um, he uh, herbalist Richard Schultz would recommend colon cleansing with um, herbs that will help to cleanse out your colon and um, get all the toxins out, scrub it all out, help you to have uh, very regular bowel movements at least once a day, um, optimally once after every meal. So if you're eating two meals a day, you should have two bowel movements per day. And you can get his herbs from herbdoc.com. And um, also good for, for colon cancer is curcumin, which is the active ingredient in um, turmeric, and also quercetin, and um, there's a lot of things. And I, I can give you this resource, these resources also, um, if you email me. So he also writes a book. Um, he's written a book called Natural uh, Strategies for Cancer Patients. I believe that's the name. Natural. Let me look it up real quick. Yes, Natural Strategies for Cancer Patients by Russell Blaylock. And that's also available um, on audible.com. And then the other book that I recommended was The Gerson Therapy, also available on Audible and Amazon too, both of them. And then the one that I can give you a link to for free is World Without Cancer um, by Edward G. Griffin. But that's also available on Audible as well. So those are excellent uh, books to read if you are... Um, you know, dealing with cancer, you or a loved one. Um, and I, I, I very much advocate that, whether it's you or a loved one, that you read up on it. Because, you know, you know, if it's yourself, you need to be, you, you need to be the most knowledgeable um, on your situation. And you can be even more knowledgeable than your primary care physician, especially if he has, especially, be, you know, since most Medical doctors know nothing about true holistic health and healing. But even if it's your loved one that has a serious disease like cancer, they really need the support. It's really hard to go at all this alone. It's hard, you know, the holistic health and healing method, it is the only true method, but it's not easy, you know. And people who have these kinds of, you know, chronic illnesses, they really need our help and support. Okay, now I'd like to talk a little bit more about diet. Um, and specifically, let's talk about some very powerful um, cancer fighters, okay? So one of them is, you know, we've already talked about juicing the teas, um, the aseic the tea, but another really healthy drink is just tea, like real tea, tea leaves. Black, green, and white teas all contain powerful anti-cancer compounds and drinking white or green tea can also reduce the cancer causing effect of heme iron by reducing its absorption this is one of the contributors to cancer um, so white tea has the highest levels of beneficial nutrients and the lowest levels of fluoride so for variety it can be mixed with herbal teas such as pomegranate i love i had to drink a pomegranate white tea almost every week, at least a few times a week. You can also mix it with blueberry, hibiscus, or chem chamomile tea, which all also contain anti-cancer anti compounds. So you can drink at least two cups of white tea daily is what 
um, Russell Blaylock recommends. So black, green, and white teas are all actually the same tea. It just, uh, black is just the most, um, the most cooked. Green is medium and white is more, is less, is the least cooked of all. It's also the most powerful. White tea is the most powerful in terms of antioxidant power. Okay, and another thing um, is that you should spice things up. Turmeric and ginger contain anti-cancer and anti-inflammatory substances. Fresh herbs also, such as oregano, rosemary, thyme, and sage, generally have a lot of different antioxidants and anti-inflammatory substances. And all of these make food taste better, um, but they're also very good anti-cancer fighters. <clears throat> now, um, more foods that are anti-cancer fighters. Now, although vegetables contain valuable nutrients, certain ones are especially rich in compounds that prevent and fight cancer. Leeks, onions, and garlic are powerful anti-cancer plants. They're also good for, you know, when you have a cold or flu as well. They're also um, very powerful antibiotics. But they're, also, they're, they're best eaten with, with meals rather than in a vegetable drink, like juicing it or, or making a smoothie, right? Um, that'd be kind of nasty to have a garlic or onion juice, a straight or even a smoothie. Although I do, you know, when we get sick, we do do like a, gar uh, I do a garlic orange juice uh, blended drink <laughs> sometimes just to get that garlic down. But um, these other vegetables are also very high in anti-cancer um, components and they do good when they're blended. Um, things like cauliflower, cabbage, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, kale, artichokes, bok choy, parsley, celery, and leafy greens. Now let's talk about some things that you should avoid. So um, first of all, diet is the most important tool for preventing cancer and aiding in its treatment. But there are many mis misconceptions about the diet cancer link. For example, we have a lot, we, we hear a lot about fat and cancer, but not enough about the type of fat. And these are really the most important dietary pointers for reducing cancer risk, according to, to neurosurgeon Russell Blaylock. And, and if you've never heard me before say this, he ran a nutritional, a holistic nutritional clinic to um, treat people nutritionally and holistically, um, as well as, you know, being a neurosurgeon, of course. So um, he talks about how it's so important to choose the right kinds of fats. And he, he often refers to omega-6 fats. And these kinds of fats are found in most vegetable oils, including corn oil, safflower oil, sunflower oil, peanut oil, canola oil, and soybean oil. These are actually cancer promoters. They promote cancer, so you want to stop using them as much as possible, which means you probably don't need to use them at all. <laughs> so, and even if you don't have cancer, you really should, you know, not be using these types of oils as much as possible. That's corn oil, safflower oil, <clears throat> sunflower oil, peanut oil, canola oil, and soybean oil. And also, if you buy just vegetable oil, it'll probably be, it'll probably consist of these types of oils. So you should stay away from regular vegetable oils. These oils easily become oxidized, meaning they degrade, much like margarine turning rancid if it's left on the kitchen counter. And they generate inflammation, which can damage genes and trigger cell signaling that stimulates cancer growth and spread. You should never cook with these oils. Instead, you should use coconut oil or a monosaturated oil such as extra virgin olive oil. I also use avocado oil. Now, <clears throat> avocado oil and coconut oil can be heated to high temperatures, whereas olive oil, you can't cook it past, I think it's like 350 degrees. So it's good. For, it's only good raw or with low heat. If you want to do higher heat, use coconut or avocado oil. Now, but also adding the spice turmeric 
to oil reduces the oxidation when cooking. Um, and also an, uh, another misconception is about saturated animal fat. A saturated animal fat actually does not um, cause cancer, does not promote the growth of cancer cells. But typically, it, can, it you know it often contains pesticides and herbicides, so it's good to get to make sure you're getting um, a high quality organic, uh, you know, butter or um, you know if you're eating some kind of animal fats, um, we do a organ raw organic farm butter um, when we cook. So, you know, there's a misconception that you know butter is bad and uh, margarine vegetable oil is good. That that's couldn't be further from the truth. Raw organic butter is actually very good. I mean, much better for cooking than these vegetable oils um, and margarine, especially, is really bad. Um, good oils would be uh, olive oil, coconut oil, avocado oil, and uh, fresh organic uh, farm butter. Now, another thing that's really important to avoid when you have cancer, but also if you have diabetes, and even if you have hypertension, it's really bad for you, which is sugars and starches. It's also bad for you even if you're just sick with a cold or a flu or a virus or something like that. Avoid sugars and starches. Sugar is one of the primary fuels for cancer growth and also lowers your immune system. So you should avoid especially high fructose corn syrup and other added sugars and sweetened drinks of any kind, even fruit juices and, and starchy carbohydrates. Uh, which um, are rapidly broken down into sugars in your body, you should choose high fiber carbohydrates to, to, to eat um, and only in small amounts. And also even go easy on the fruit. Although fruit contains high levels of anti-cancer compounds, it also is a source of natural sugars. And for cancer prevention, uh, if you're going to eat fruit, fruit like berries and blueberries and strawberries, blackberries, raspberries um, are, are safer than the sweeter fruits um, because they're both high in fiber and also high in anti-cancer substances. So eating organic becomes even more important if you are facing a serious disease such as cancer. Um, there's a lot of toxins in non-organic food, especially non-organic meat, but also the vegetables, which can really just aggravate cancer. So it's really important to be consuming organic and clean um, if you have cancer. So the last thing I want to talk about when it comes to a holistic approach to cancer, and it, it can't be neglected, it's a, very, it's a very important part, even though I'm talking about it last, is um, your, your mindset and your lifestyle. And um, there's an, an emerging field in holistic health and healing called German New Medicine. And the founder of it was a, was a doctor who did some research on um, various cancer patients. And he saw that there was a common theme in a lot of them, which was oftentimes loss, <clears throat> loss of a loved one, especially a child. And it was very interesting, um, but the, basically the, the conclusion of its practitioners is that um, trauma and stress lead to illness and disease. And um, so because of this, we have to learn how to properly address these issues, trauma and stress. Now, when it comes to trauma, I think oftentimes what happens is when we have trauma in our lives, we hold unforgiveness in our hearts. And this could mean unforgiveness towards other people, but it could also mean, it could also mean an unforgiveness towards ourselves and feelings of holding feelings of guilt and shame um, and also of course towards other people unforgiveness can really eat at you you know and um, 
we just have to really let go of things and understand that, you know, just have faith that even though bad things may come our way, ultimately the destination of, of humanity, of mankind, and even of our personal lives is going to be good. And so we have to keep striving for good and keep our outlook positive. You know, the Bible talks about how a merry heart does good like a medicine. And it also talks about how when, when we serve others, when we serve others who are less fortunate than us, that that is when God will bring us healing. And so what that means is that we have to stop focusing so much on the negative things that have happened to us and, and on our lives. And instead of focusing on those things, instead redirect our energy to helping others who may be suffering what we have suffered. I think that's a very good way to, to, to channel our energy and our anger instead of just swallowing in self-pity and anger is to help people overcome um, the things that we have suffered from instead of letting it eat at us and causes cancer. So um, forgiveness is very important, having joy and positivity, and also living for a purpose, a greater purpose, not just for ourselves, but for others. These are all very important and healing things in our lives. And just because I'm saying it last, it doesn't mean that it's the least important. It's actually one, it's probably, I would say, equally as important as all the other things that I've mentioned, if not even more. So thank you so much for listening. Um, I know this is kind of a much longer lesson than the past, but you know, cancer is really a, a very deep subject. And I've really just only scratched the surface. I've tried to just touch on a lot of things that I believe are important. You know, this is, you know, this mindset and lifestyle, the forgiveness and serving others and joy. This is an important one, forgiving ourselves and forgiving others. And also, um, you know, the supplements, especially the vitamin B17 and, and juicing and um, also the vitamin D and sunshine. And then, of course, the diet, not only things that we should eat, but things that we should, should not eat, we should stay away from. So, um, again, just email me if you'd like the resources for this. Email me at maim at aruka.com and with the subject cancer resources, and I'll email you. Um, the Google Doc that I've prepared with these resources. And um, I just pray that this, this lesson will be a blessing and will help um, either the people who listen to it or their loved ones. Shalom.